Welcome to Illinois Family Spotlight, a conversation about faith, family, freedom, the state of Illinois, our nation, and conservative action. Here's David Smith and Monty Larrick. Thanks for making Illinois Family Spotlight part of your day. I'm Monty Larrick, and this is David Smith. Yellow. He's the executive director of the Illinois Family Institute and Illinois Family Action. We are blessed today. We are. To be joined by a true American hero. A patriot. Yeah, the Reverend Dr. Wes Motter is a former Navy chaplain. The retired lieutenant commander stood fast by his biblical faith and victoriously defended religious liberty. Setting a very important precedent. In the face of politically motivated attacks from the Obama administration. Wes Motter served with the Marines in Operation Desert Storm and earned the Navy and Marine Corps Commendation Medal. And in 2017, he became the recipient of the Illinois Family Institute Voice of Truth Award. <laughs> the Reverend Motter is lead pastor at the Rock Church in Orland Hills. It's a new church pastor. It is. And uh, you're growing. Well, we for are. first, thank you for your service. Thank you for standing strong. Thank you for fighting and not taking the uh, the easy way out, as many people tempted you to do, right? Thank That's you. Right. Thank you, Pastor right. Wes. Thanks. Pastor, let's look back. What were you doing back on September 11th, 2001? I was serving on active duty as a Navy chaplain. Uh, it was my first assignment as a Navy chaplain after chaplain school, uh, MAG-24 in Kaneohe Bay, Hawaii. And how did 9-11 change your life? Well, initially, uh, the bay shut down, and uh, you know we went to a threat con, uh, a very high threat level. And uh, I think, as with the rest of America, we were trying to process what happened. Yep. Uh, it, it takes you a little bit to realize that while those were not just accidents on the television, those were deliberate, planned, yeah. well thought through uh, attacks on who we are as Americans and what America stands for. And so I think over the course of the next 10 years of my service to my country, everything revolved around, and the way the military saw it is every day is 9-11. Yep. So how should 9-11 be changing our lives today? It seems like we Americans here in wonderful Chicago, Illinois, uh, have forgotten about our troops in the Middle East, but they're still there. It's a great question. I think that when you look at military funeral and honors, you know, we fly flags that say never forgotten with the Vietnam era. Yeah. We can look back and we remember the words, a day that will live in infamy, yep. and we're, we're quickly brought back to Pearl Harbor. We can forget very quickly of the benchmarks that I believe uh, are times when we have turned away from the God that we serve in America. And it's a reminder that we can never eliminate out of the equation of the American life in the military or outside, that there is a holy God, and we are designed to accept our created status. We yeah. are not God. And we become, you know, the psalmist writes, um, a horse is vain hope for deliverance. Hmm. 
And, you know, we can put our trust in a lot of things. We can put it in the church, the job, our health. Our military technology. Our, our, our military. We can put our hope in a lot of things. We become very self-sufficient and very accomplished yep. in what we do. But I think 9-11 is a reminder yeah. that you cannot live without God. And, of course, we can unpack that as you would see fit on this um, well, podcast. Well, I'll tell you this, Pastor. Um, I was working for a, a local alderman in the city of Chicago during that time, and I'll never forget the um, the police sergeants and lieutenants that were coming into the office in the days and weeks afterwards who said um, even the bad guys were scared. After 9-11, there was a period of time that crime dropped. People were shocked. People were aware of God's judgment on the nation. Pastors, local pastors said their churches were filled in the in the weeks after 9-11. But we've become, like you said, Monty, forgot, forgetful. We have forgotten what what happened mm-hmm. and we've just gone on as as usual, which is sad. And for somebody like you, Pastor Wes, who went into combat with the troops. You saw combat with the Hmm. Delta Force. You saw the price that was paid up close and personal, didn't you? Yeah, they call that the FIBA, uh, the forward edge of the battle area. Mm. And, you know, although I didn't participate, as a Marine, I was in the Gulf War, but as a Navy chaplain, you know, because you asked me, Monty, about how it affected me uh, with with 9-11, uh, as I was serving and ministering to those people who are willing to lay their lives down, uh, whether it's the CIA, the intelligence community, uh, all branches of service, the Navy special SEALs. operations yeah. commands, um, they were committed to America, unlike anything you could probably capture in a movie like Zero Dark Thirty or the movie 300. I think Hollywood does a, you know, like Lone Survivor. Yeah. I think those movies capture a, an element, but, and not that I'm better than any other minister, but when you're actually in theater, when you're actually outside the line, is what we call it, taking care of people who love our country so we can have the freedom to worship. I think that 9-11 serves as like hallmarks of reminders of the price of freedom. Yep. There, it's, it's not just that we fly the flag and attend church, but we have the freedom as our conscience dictates, as our unalienable rights as Americans. That, that's why we were birthed. Yeah. And so I think that we can be very forgetful. This is not something necessarily new. Because instead of in God we trust, what we're doing now, it's in Google we trust. You know? <laughs> oh, dear right. Lord. You know, people aren't going to the scriptures and they're not taking time to hear the Lord. And mm. so the apathy of the spiritual climate uh, seems to be going away from the things of the Lord. But yet we see like, you know, 60,000 young people, millennials, gather in Florida at this gathering of worshiping the Lord. So there's this new generation that's rediscovering God in in a supernatural way. But 9-11 will always be in our hearts and our minds. And it should serve as a holy 
reminder that we have become discontent in the things of the Lord, and we really need, it's not religion, because 42% of Chicago and the Chicagoland area are de-churched and unchurched, according yeah. to George Barna, sure. 2018. People who have gone to church and quit, people who are just tired of religion, there's so much hunger in Chicago, it's ripe for revival. 9-11 should point us right back to a holy God. 9-11 shouldn't be just a memorial in Wash, you know, in New York. I mean, I, I want to go and pay my respects yeah. and pray. I just pray that these these absolute incredibly horrific events in our country yep. would remind the people, just like in the Old Testament, that we're to serve the Lord our God with all of our hearts and our minds and our souls. And when we deviate from that, then we have abortion and we have, you know, we... we gay we, mirage. We, we have gay marriage and we just turn everything upside down because, see, everything that God brings into culture, culture wants to change. Yep. Yeah. Anyways, I know that was a bit lengthy, but that's... No, that's good. Yeah, yeah. But I, I want to touch on something. Yeah. I, I, don't, Sir. I don't think a lot of people know that you have a connection to Osama bin Laden. Tell that story. The Osama bin Laden... Um, the raid that... Uh, uh, right. So it's not something I've ever talked about, and I don't really like to because, you know, people like to promote themselves and... And so a lot of times the chaplain will have influence on commanders, and we're not looking for limelight. We're what's called the quiet professional. I, I, but, you know, to bury a Muslim within the first 24 hours and showing respect, uh, command, you know, chaplain, what do you think about this? Even though a chaplain, we're not, we're special staff. We're not, um, we're not in command, uh, but we're there to influence. And so... My relationship to Osama bin Laden, as I was the chaplain that I was attached to Navy Special Warfare Command uh, during that raid, and being a part of uh, a community that were, were executing a command given by the president. It's amazing. Well, you were probably in deep prayer at that time. I did, and one of the things Americans don't realize is that any time we would lose anybody forward when we were on the in these joint operation command centers is every branch, every federal government in this room would stop and would look to the chaplain and say, chaplain, we need to hear a word from you. And we, I would quote scripture and I would give a short devotional. All the operations would, would pause to, you know, to look to the Lord. A lot of Americans don't realize that even in the Senate, you know, in the House, they're and the statutory hall in Washington, D.C., they have prayer gatherings like the Washington prayer gathering. There are people in America who are seeking the face of the Lord desperately. It's Amen. not It's not like maybe what you would see on television. But it's a remnant. It is. There, there is a remnant. And so going back to these very, very painful moments when Navy SEAL, Marine operators, recon would lose their lives we would stop and seek the face of God in theater of war and asking for God's favor to help us move through these operations. So God was very, very present. It's not something captured necessarily on movies, 
but it is something that's definitely practiced overseas downrange. Thank you for telling us that. It's something we should be doing as people back home, not just praying for our troops, which we should do, but we should be praying for those chaplains who are ministering to those troops. Now, Pastor, you were not only on that battlefront, but you found yourself on another battlefront that you weren't really anticipating, uh, and that is the fight for religious freedom and the fight for your conscience rights to be able to give counsel to a, a gay soldier and give him biblical advice, right? Tell us about that. Uh, well, while I was stationed at the one of the most premier Navy schoolhouses in the Navy, the Navy Nuclear Power Training Command, uh, I came there in 2014, and I had a young officer, a young Lieutenant J.G., who I discovered lives right here in Chicago recently. No kidding. <laughs> uh, but he uh, was a young officer, inexperienced. Uh, he claimed to be Catholic, and he worked for me for a temporary time while awaiting orders uh, to the USS, I believe it was called Laboon. It was a nuclear uh, DDG, and he was waiting orders. And many people rotate through our office waiting orders to serve the chaplain. And uh, what I did not realize, and had no reason to think that he was a gay homosexual activist, married, had adopted a boy, and working for me. I, I didn't, I mean, we didn't talk about his personal life. He was, it was professional, it was a Navy setting. And uh, but he had listened uh, in some of my conversations. Uh, there was a liberal chaplain uh, that was working down the hallway from me. Um, and so between him and this liberal commander, Navy chaplain, they decided to whip up this little brouhaha that I was intolerant uh, and discriminatory against the gay community, yet my 19 and a half years prior to that showed otherwise. Yeah. But they didn't think about that. But <laughs> but what happened was... You had a track record. I had a track record. Nothing like a record, right? And so I, I was serving, and then I got an EO complaint December the 4th, I believe, of 2014. So I graduated with my doctorate from Fuller Theological Seminary that same year, and then in December of that same year, I got an EO complaint. So I went from this very high mountain peak to this incredibly uh, sewage pit that I found myself in mm. of, of not being able to function in a diverse, pluralistic environment. I'm like... And so nobody was talking to me at this point. And, of course, me being cooperative, I want to talk. You know, I'm, I'm talking to people. Yeah. <laughs> I probably shouldn't have done that. I probably should have had a lawyer present. Sure. But yeah. I didn't do that. Uh, but I'm just talking because I had nothing to hide. And, Amen. And so um, this young officer, it's public information, Michael Bellastari. Um, it's all public. Everything's online, and it'll be in my book coming out. But I, yeah, we're going to talk about that in a little bit. I, uh, so I'm on charges. I, they, it's Article 90, I believe it was Article 92 of. Uh, I'm not, off the top of my head. I, I just looked at the charges recently, um, but it was uh, dereliction of duty. I think it was. Uh, I'm a derelict now after 19 and a half years. <laughs> I'm, I'm somehow. I'm like, what is happening? And. So short, long story short, um, he, you know, the homosexual community under the Obama administration, it, it made it very difficult for Christians to be in the military yeah. and for chaplains to actually follow their ordaining bodies. You know, in my position in the Assemblies of God and the Catholics and the Baptists and the 238 other denominations, 
held to the fact that, you know, marriage is between a man and a woman. But this was in private counseling. This is not something that I did publicly. It was private counseling. I was counseling gay couples because this is when Don't Ask, Don't Tell was repealed. And we had all these gay people coming in the military, coming to my office saying, hey, chaplain, I think I'm gay. Or chaplain, can you talk to me about my partner? I'm like, come on in, have a seat. Why wouldn't I talk to you? Yeah, right. I've been talking to gay people long before Obama. I'm going to continue <laughs> to talk to them. I'll continue to talk. It doesn't really matter to me what label you have. Or Would that be because you love the human being and well, your neighbor? Jesus always loved, Jesus always plunged himself in the crowd. And, you know, people can come in and say, well, I'm an, uh, I'm an agnostic. Or they can come in and say, you know, I'm whatever. I'm an atheist. It doesn't mean that I don't care for them. Yep. Because the four core pillars of the Navy Chaplain Corps are provide, facilitate, care, and advise. And so the problem that the Navy had is they were trying to tell me how to care. Yeah, yeah. Like, okay, wait. You're not invited to that part of my ministry. You're not okay. So you're you're not invited into how I my conscience works. You're not invited into my religious liberty. You're not invited into my ordination. Those are sacred, separate, outside the government entities that I maintain and with my integrity and my calling. As far as the uniform and physical fitness and short haircuts and caring for all of God's people, whether I agree with them or not, that's something that you can tell me to do, and I'll follow the orders, I'll follow the law. But when the law and the government then go into the arena of God's law, yeah. then what happens is there's a conflict. Yes. And and that's what happened under Obama. I think that's being shifted. Yeah, he's the Trump there, administration protecting religious liberty he is. in the he military. Did, he did that. One of the first things he did in the first year in the Rose Garden was signed a, an executive order religious liberty uh, protection bill. And I was very excited to see, you know, regardless of your political viewpoint, this is a president who is valuing life. Amen. He is calling the unborn uh, people that have a soul. Yep. He he is making it uh, easier for chaplains. Six thousand, by the way, across all branches. This is not just a small mind. You know, military men and women don't check their faith in at the door. Yes. Why, right. why? Why wouldn't they have spiritual care downrange? So the story blew up. Um, I uh, short this, the short answer is I want to put you yeah. on pause. We're going to have to take a break here, yeah. but we're going to come back. But one of the things that Donald Trump did, and I would like to get your reaction, is when he came in, he put a ban on transgenders serving in the military, and that is being upheld and and it's still being fought. Um, that has got to really help our men and women in the military. It does. And it's not to be discriminatory. Really, it's about it's finding validation for uh, your viewpoint. The military is a warfighting organization. Yeah, it's right. not a place to experiment <laughs> with social experimentation. Okay, exactly. There's, commanders don't need that type. They're so packed with their schedules to get the units ready to go downrange and to do the the yeah. mission that the last thing they need to worry about is sexual awareness and identity you know that we and, can and mental uh, illness uh, you know, right I, I believe that but you know accommodation you know you don't want it to prevent mission accomplishment yeah man right all right so we'll be right back and we'll hear more from pastor wes and find out how his 
case ended up. This is Illinois Family Spotlight. Stay tuned. It's an evening you don't want to miss. The Illinois Family Institute's Faith, Family, and Freedom Banquet with the Reverend Franklin Graham. For tickets, visit IllinoisFamily.org. The only hope for the United States of America is Almighty God. A bold challenge for today from Franklin Graham, Friday, November 1st at the Tenley Park Convention Center. Let's elect men and women to office who will lead this nation back to really be one nation under God. Franklin Graham and the IFI Faith, Family, and Freedom Banquet. I want you to know this, God loves you. For tickets, call 708-781-9328, 708-781-9328, or visit IllinoisFamily.org, IllinoisFamily.org. Addictive, high-potency marijuana will soon be legal in Illinois, making our homes, public spaces, workplaces, and roads less safe. Ask your mayor, village trustees, aldermen, county board members to pass an ordinance prohibiting marijuana dispensaries and marijuana businesses in your community. For more information, click potoptout at illinoisfamily.org. Encourage your local elected officials to limit drug trafficking by passing an ordinance banning marijuana dispensaries and marijuana businesses in your community. The future of your community is at risk. Urge your local elected leaders to opt out of high-potency marijuana. Find out more at illinoisfamily.org and click pot opt-out. Click pot opt-out at illinoisfamily.org. Well, thanks once again for joining Illinois Family Spotlight. Monty Larrick here along with David Smith. Yellow, The executive director of the Illinois Family Institute and Illinois Family Action. And we're joined by the Reverend Dr. Wes Motter, former Navy chaplain, retired lieutenant commander. Patriot and hero. And uh, pastor of a new church. That's right. Thank you. Yeah, uh, we are excited to talk about Rock Church Chicago. Uh, we started about uh, last October, and uh, we are located in Orland uh, Hills right now. We meet every uh, Sunday at 1.30. You can learn more about us at rockchurchchicago.org, and there you can hear me speak. And we want to invite you. Your sermons are online? Sermons are all online. There you and, go. Great um, website. And, you know, yep. uh, what we like to say around our church is that you can belong before you believe because we believe the hope of the church is still the answer for the world Amen. and the problems that we face. So anyone, if you're unchurched, dechurched, atheist, agnostic, if you're a cop, searching, if you're a, a paramedic, uh, people who serve in the service industry, we love you. And if you're a biker, Harley, trucker, whatever you find yourself <laughs> doing, uh, we want to invite you to listen. And if you're in the area, we'd love to have you come. If, so, I've, got, if I, I've got a tattoo, I can come. You can, if you have a tattoo, you can show up. We're not. We're, we just we we believe that we when because there's nobody in the Navy that has tattoos. That's right, Monty. right, right, right. right. <laughs> Um, I'd like to get a tattoo. I don't have one. I'm going to get one. I'm going to get a nice Marine Corps Eagle Globe and Anchor on my uh, shoulder, and 
I'm going to mark the temple of the Holy Spirit. I hope I'm going to get into heaven with my tattoo on my arm. So Rock Church Chicago is in Orland Hills, which is in the southwest suburbs, and it's right off 159th, not 159th Street, not too far off of LaGrange Road. That's right. You're by the Walmart. That's correct. Yep, I know where it is. So uh, 159th, what time does your services start? Well, interestingly, first time in my life, uh, you get to sleep in on Sunday and come on out at 1.30 in the afternoon. We have a short service. So I, I know a lot of people, you know, you know, Sunday morning is the prime time, uh, but people work all week. They have to get up early. So we want you to come rested, have a little lunch, come to service, and come hang out with us at 1.30 in the afternoon. You can TiVo the Bears games. That's okay. right. Okay. Yeah, yeah re- record, re- record the games. You know, that's what a good DVR will do for you. Exactly. There you go. And let's go back to your story. You were – they tried to drum you out of the Navy because of your religious beliefs, your faith-based beliefs on sexuality – they weren't politically correct, Monty. Oh, no, you weren't tolerant and inclusive. <laughs> and, uh, but ultimately, you took this to court, and you were exonerated. That's right. So uh, it, was a two, it was two law firms, First Liberty Institute and Wilmer Hale, the largest law firm in the world. Um, uh, Reginald Brown used to work for President Bush uh, on his White House counsel. I had this team assemble that I could have, I, I just stood back and watched God do what only God could do. Billy Graham Evangelistic Association, Family Research Council, uh, the 700 Club, everything. General Jerry Boy- Boykin. That's right, General Boykin. Everything is online. People can Google it. You can still see it. So here's this team, and they, I, they called me hero. I'm like, why are you calling me a hero? I don't feel like one. I feel like a failure. Mm. And they said, well, because you got into the arena and you were willing to stand. And, and I you think, got muddy and bloody and, and I, marred. Right, I, I did. And so eight months later, 2.5 million pro bono, 55 congressmen, uh, 42 total lawyers. Wow. Um, any, and any, I, any Democrats uh, I don't came know. to your side? I don't think so. Um, I, and, and I... So I'm like, I won. I, I won. A two-star admiral exonerated me. Uh, but there was still, you know, there's still a political price. Yeah. So even though I was cleared, um, unfortunately, there you were, were those. Radioact- radioactive. Right. I, I was still toxic. And, you know, unfortunately, a lot of chaplains, they were not helpful, all the way to the chief of chaplain's office. It, You know, there's a way... When you leave groupthink, there, 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 there is a way, you know, we're going to, you know, isolate, you know, there was some poison in the water. Sure. I could see that. And I said, Lord, do you want me here? And I believe the Lord was closing the door, honestly. And it took me about a year to obey him. Sometimes we just don't want to obey the Lord. And I'm like, but Lord, what about my, you know, whatever I come up with? And he said, it's time to leave. Lord brought me in the Navy. But in the end, the Navy did the right thing. I have to give the Navy credit. Uh, I knew that they would eventually have my back because truth is always going to prevail. So we can see it play out in the local media. We can see it play out on the national platform. Truth 
will always out and, and look you. what's happening to President Trump, just for a second. I just sure, collusion, sure. collusion, collusion. No, no, didn't pan but, out. Right. Racist, racist, racist. No, didn't pan pan out. And now they're on um, recession, recession, recession. And, you know, they're probably going to be proven false on that, too. So, yeah, the truth does win out in the end. And what you did by fighting Pastor Wes in standing, you set a precedent for those who are going to follow behind you. That's right. And in in, in, so how important is that? Well, I, I'm not thinking so much of, you know, when you're in the heat. Yeah. You're not thinking about setting precedent. Right. But I, I, you know, you have to make a decision eventually yeah. if you're going to follow God or not follow God. Mm. And, you know, I haven't been really political on any radio interview, but I, I feel like the president... Yeah. Um, is the best thing that's happened in our country since the founding of our country. Yep. And you you wow. know, I, I I have not said that publicly. I don't want to lose here, you know, your audience or anyone that would hear this. Oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna um, suspect a lot of people agree. I, but I, I, I think that when history writes on Donald Trump, yeah, that there it is gonna be very favorable because what he's doing is he's allowing God to be the God of America again. Yeah. He's bringing the country. He's not just making America great again. And like you, he's not backing down. Right, and actually my first day on the job at a local church I took here when I came to Chicago um, was I was with the president. No Pre- kidding. I was with Donald Trump uh, before he became president. I was So on my first job in the church here locally in Orland, not Rock Church, but another church. Uh, I was with the president, and he had me and Coach Kennedy, the football coach, you sure. know, from that couldn't pray, and you know, or, or the bakers, or the flower people, and all these yes. people that I think that people have to be willing, um, not just protecting their retirement or their name and credibility. But what's hard for us is we have to learn to trust the Lord again. Yep. We have to, you know, like one of the things I have always inspired is uh, the movie Kirk Cameron came out called um, Monumental. Yeah. And in that movie, he talks about this 180-ton granite statue in, in um, New um, England area. New right? England area, Liberty of... the Liberty Is it in of, Rhode Island or uh, no, Delaware? No, it's, it's Delaware maybe, the Liberty of Matrix. Yeah. And what was our country founded on? Yeah. You, there's the founding. So our president, not being a politician, uh, just being a good businessman, who I believe loves the Lord, and you know he's not a pastor. We're not. We didn't elect a pastor. Uh, we elected a man who could, you know, make decisions that are going to not only save money yep. and make us great, but he's also allowing. Uh, the footprint and the handprint of God to be a part of our country again. Why wouldn't you celebrate that? And I, you know, and sometimes policies out of the Beltway can affect not only. Oh, absolutely, uh, uh, not, absolutely. Know, it can affect. It can affect your life. Yep. And you yep. need to put moral and ethical people in leadership. And that's why I, I think that as much as some people hate him. I don't know. Well, that he they, has a blemished I past. I don't know what we don't we all. Yes, we do. You know, and and I'm like, uh, he, but look at the good. He's yes. allowing the That's Lord. Right. He's allowing others around him to influence him to make good decisions. That's right. That the trajectory of our country's best days are ahead because of leaders doing and having courage 
to do the right thing. That's right. That's right. Do you go into your story and the whole idea of religious freedom, religious liberty in your upcoming new book? I am. uh, I'm excited to announce that the book Freedom to Stand is is started, and I have my um, uh, potential publisher, freelance writer, ghost writer, and publicist in place, and in, uh, we're looking for a release in 2021. And uh, I know this is early, but you know, to do this sort of thing, it needs to be done with such precision that it's not only going; it's going to be a benchmark, kind of like 9/11. You know, I'm the first military chaplain to be fired for doing my job. <laughs> and the Navy and Army didn't learn their lesson. The Army did it to Chaplain Squires a few months later, but that battle was much shorter. Uh, but because you set the precedent. Because the precedent was set. I didn't become case law. You know, uh, I think the, the Navy um, uh, capitulated. They quickly realized that this was a First Amendment issue. I don't know if people are thankful for the Constitution of the United States. I'm no. a constitutionalist. I thank God that our founding fathers had the foresight Amen. and the divine inspiration to write because they could see this is why we came here. That's right. And so they put that in writing, and it's going to be in my book. You know, books like um, from David Barton, for example, from Wall Builders, and those are incredible resources. That's right. But this book, Freedom to Stand, I'm going to address not only the religious liberty uh, aspect, but how to walk through a fire. That's right. How to how how do you how do you survive when you are a Christ follower? And to finish well, you know, not the biggest church, mm-hmm. uh, but how do you how do you do that? What what does finishing well look like? And I I want to uh, my audience to be not just the military, yes, but I want it to be the local pastor because I would have said a long time ago, you know, military chaplains you know have the hardest job in the world, but now serving as the local pastor for the last three years, I've changed my answer. Pastor West, I've heard you speak about your theology of failure. Is that going to be part of this book? I think it has to be. Yeah. You know, a lot of people. Well, what do you mean by a theology of failure? Yeah. I mean that. That sounds like, you know, what does that mean? Uh, that term was coined actually by Dr. Archibald Hart out of Fuller Theological Seminary in Pasadena and uh, Larry Crabtree in a book called Inside Out. And those two gentlemen, you know, had mentioned this in my conversations with them during my educational years, that we all know what a theology of success looks like, right. what success look like. And then, you know, but God uses, God uses, and he only entrusts failure to certain people. Yes. Sometimes we bring it on ourselves. Yep. But then there are times where the Lord calls us to be good stewards and to handle failure, to bring a country or a nation or a denomination to deep repentance and turning back to the Lord. Amen. And not everyone, I didn't ask, I don't think I signed up for that assignment, but it's those assignments that the Lord gives that, you know, makes us better, but it also makes uh, and stiffens the spines of those around us as we follow the Lord. Has to be a part of the book. Theology of the, the book sounds incredible. And are you looking for some investors to help you get this thing published? A- absolutely. You know, it's not. I'm not looking to make money. I'm looking just to you know cover the expenses and get it out into the people's hands. You know, a lot of people say, "Well, you know, I you, you won't be making money as an author." I never thought I was going to be an author, but I, I will put my life's experience. 
religious liberty, my Navy story, the local church's story, because really this is not, uh, this story is everyone's story. Absolutely. If you're going to follow Christ, if you're going to have faith, you will be attacked. And so the second Peter says, don't think some strange thing were happening to you. <laughs> it's right. not, it feels strange. It, it doesn't feel good when you're in the refiner's fire. And that's where God does his deepest work. That's right. And so, yes, yeah, so support would be very helpful. You know, you can go to therockchurch.org. You could even donate to Illinois Family Institute, and they'll yep. get the money here. But it's the, I, right. it, it, raising the support to get it out uh, because we want the, the Christian community, local pastors, to really benefit by, you know, how do I— how do I do this thing called ministry? How do I do this thing called walking a narrow pathway? How 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 can I come out of the lion's den? That's right. How how, how can I come before Goliath and not have the temptation to take off the armor and bow down, you know, and but yet stand in That's the midst true. of of persecution. I think you're going to need a couple volumes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so if you want to donate, I'm going to encourage our listeners to check out rockchurchchicago.org. You can make a donation there. And of course, I itemize it towards, what's the book called? Freedom to Stand. Freedom to Stand. Or you can give them a call at 708-869-1430. I'm going to repeat that. 708 708 869-1430. Let me see if I got it right. 708-869-1430. 30, yes. 30, okay. Yeah, you wrote it down 13. I'm watching <laughs> you here. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm older than you guys. Yeah, it's all right. Yeah, I got one final question. Did you serve in the Marines and the Navy to help spread socialism? What kind of question is that? <laughs> you have to be appalled by what's happening. All these people. Well, who... listen. I, can I can I ask something real quick? So I recently read an article. Marine Corps Com- Commandant General David Berger. I think I'm saying his name right. Recently sounded the alarm that they're having problem getting new recruits who can pass the drug test. Our nation is going crazy passing marijuana. In legalizing a gateway drug, Illinois is set to do it in January. This is a problem that's softening us up, Wes. What do you think? In multiple ways, by the way. Yeah, I. you asked me, Monty, earlier about what does 9-11. There are going to be other 9-11 mm. monuments if we continue to um, flirt with sin. Mm-hmm. And we don't like to use that word. We like to use the word, forgive us of our transgressions as we forgive those who've transgressed. It sounds and feels different when we say, forgive those who've sinned against us. You know, and I don't know, as Anne Graham Lott said, uh, the hand of the Lord can be slowly removed if we don't turn back and if we don't. You know, Second Chronicles, I believe it's seven. If my people, yep, seven fourteen, who are called humble, you know, it really it, it it does a disservice to multiple generations when we endorse socialism, drugs, abortion. I I don't think sexual perversion. I don't think everyone believes what they necessarily say. 
I, I have a hard time. I believe that God has put into the heart of every person eternity. I believe if people would truly listen to the Lord, regardless of your political affiliation or where you're at in your church, in your pilgrimage, with, in, they'll hear God. God used Asa. Yep. Isaiah 45. He used an ungodly general. That's right. God will use people. Yep. He's not going to just use unbelievers, but the drug thing, you know, serving in the Marines and Navy has always, I've seen a lot of careers ruined, you know, and I'm thankful for the military courage of not lowering the standard, not allowing, you know, transgender, we don't, and sexual surgeries. These, all of these are, it's not just because we hate Democrats or I'm a a hater. I'm just a a God lover. And I don't know that it really does anything for our country to embrace what we know that is sinful and falls within the pattern of meaning of scripture. I don't know that this, you know, you could never find Johnson and Johnson enough money. Yeah, right. You, right? You, right. You could, you could, you can't pay your way out of this. There's only one way out. Yep. Is if 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 the people of God stop pretending. Yep. And there's, it's just repentance. There's that message will never change. Uh, but I, I think you know, I appreciate the military because in a lot of ways, before Obama, you know. It was very it's very conservative. I've counseled many men and women leaving because of the uniform code of military justice, the violation of articles that you know talked about sodomy. Well, what what did we do? We erased them. Yep. We changed the rules. You can't. So culture is colliding with truth. That's right. And the new generation, millennials, are discovering. That there is truth, and you don't have to be big and loud, but present it with authentic quality of good preaching and living it. Live, live, live it. People are watching how you live in your exactly. in your marriage. They're watching how you love your spouse and yeah. how you're raising your kids. Speaks volumes. Yep. But I, I know I'm probably babbling, but all paths lead back to we are a christian nation you can't come into the white house with pen and paper and just dictate like a monarch you know work with congress work with people but you you, you this idea of coming to the table and everyone coming to have a conversation and do what's best for america is the dna of our country yep. the dna of our country is that we're a Christian nation and that you are not going to remove God because without God, you have 9-11. You you have things that will remind you this is something we never want to experience again. God would remove entire nations because he is that type of a God, you know, don't he's a holy forsake God. your first love, you know. That's I right. think of Hosea 10 off the top of my head, and it says, Israel's like a trained heifer. Treading out the grain. You know, a lot of times we just get into this thinking in America. Dr. Sam Chan says something I love. He says, change your thinking, change everything. Mm -hmm. That's right. 
Well, and sometimes and that goes to another Hosea passage. My people are destroyed from lack of knowledge. That's right. Or in Jonah, you know, they didn't know their left hand from their right hand, and yeah. everyone was doing what was. Right so in their thank eyes. God yeah. for a president and a vice president. Yes. And thank God for the Christian influence of our country and our leaders. And now we got to get it down to the church house. We got to get it into the pulpits. The pulpits right. can't be silent. That's right. The boards need to pray for their pastors, not strong arm them. Yes. And that's what has to happen at the local level. So what's happening in the military is happening in the local church. It's not something that's completely benign in both settings. That's right. And thank God for black robe regiment type preachers that's like right. Wes Motter who aren't <laughs> going to go silently into the night. So Yep, that's right. Stay in the arena. You know, I read a book from Pete Hegseth, who's a Fox News contributor when I was getting my award from uh, um, it was the Defender of Freedom Award from Oliver North. He sat at my table and he wrote a book, you know, in the arena. I'm yeah. like, man, we need people <laughs> out of the grandstands, get onto the playing field. That's right. That's and right. not to fight people, but let's just follow the Lord. That's let's it. just let's just let's follow God in what He's called us to do. Well, that is the Reverend Dr. Wes Motter. He is the pastor of the Rock Church in Orland Hills. Once again, Pastor, give us your contact information about your church and uh, your upcoming book. So um, our webpage is rockchurchchicago.org. Number is 708-869-1430. You can come to that and hear me preach every week at 1.30. Come join us any Sunday. I appreciate, and I want to thank First Liberty and uh, Wilmer Hale and the Illinois Family Institute for for staying in the arena and your gracious support. I would like, you know, to just thank those who have contributed already to the Rock Church to help us get us launched. And we are launched and we're excited about what the Lord's going to do in Chicagoland and anything you can do to help us to get this book out into your hands. Uh, we are a 501c3 nonprofit organization. And, so dedu- um, donations are tax deductible. That's correct. And we want to get this into the hands of as many people as possible because yeah. it will encourage and equip them to go through what you've that's been through. That's exactly right. We want to get tools, practical tools, something you can use on Monday morning. Uh, it's when you feel like resigning your church. Uh, stay <laughs> in the fight. Stay in the battle. Don't yep. quit. Never, 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 never quit. And and uh, we be we just we're gonna Sounds love like you. Churchill to me. Yeah, we're gonna love you. To what we'll love to see you on a Sunday. If you haven't been to church in a long time, or you you feel like you know you're not living right, it doesn't matter to us. We'll take you. We'll move you along to where God wants you to be. Just come on in, and we will love you unconditionally. And it's not just, you know, it's gay, lesbian, atheist, agnostic. It's not really important to Rock Church what your, you know, past is. But here's the beauty of the church. Your story matters. And if you don't like it, God can change your story because everyone's accepted. All refugees refugees are welcome. Refugees are welcome. Bring them into the church. We'll love them the way Jesus does. Amen. Asylum seekers. Thank you. (laughs) There we go. All right. Well, thank you so much. Pastor Wes Martyr. Uh, folks, say a prayer for Pastor Motter and the Illinois Family Institute and tell a friend about Illinois Family Spotlight. Until next time, God bless. Thank you for listening to Illinois Family Spotlight. For more information, please visit us at ifiaction.org and look for us on Facebook and Twitter. If you would like to email us questions or comments, 
please do so at feedback at ifiaction.org. Until next time, stay engaged and keep your eyes on the prize. 